Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 632. Nurse has it right back, finds McDavid, left circle, loading, tries to open for the win, he scores! A one-timer top right corner, and Edmonton's playoff hopes very much alive! Leon Dreisaitl's 42nd of the year is the winner! Leon Dreisaitl still holding the hot stick. He gets the winner tonight. He adds two assists for a three-point performance. His point streak rolling along to 14 games, and the Oilers survive, outlasting the New York Rangers 3-2 in overtime. The out-of-town scoreboard, kind to the Oilers tonight. We'll get into the details of that as we move along. They are five points out of a playoff spot with 13 games to go. Still going to be tough, but five points closer than they've been in a long time. It is 10.09. We are live in Studio 99. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. The Oilers had a 2-0 lead early in this game, Rob. You're thinking, okay, maybe they're going to roll, but Hitch talked about this morning the Rangers work. They worked their way back into the game. You saw a couple power plays in the third for the Oilers go by the wayside. And I don't know about you, but I was thinking, oh, no, were those the chances? But then the deadly duo in overtime gets it done. Well, I, I wasn't too worried once it got to overtime. At that point, you knew that the Oilers had a huge, huge advantage. Uh, I, I think what you saw here tonight, that if you don't bring an A game, it doesn't matter who you're playing in, in the National Hockey League, they have a chance to beat you. And I thought the Oilers were very good early and then got a little lax in the second period. I think once the Rangers made it 2-1, then the Oilers sort of woke up a little bit, said, okay, this isn't going to be as easy as we thought. And the third period was just back and forth. Uh, the Rangers may be depleted a bit. They made some trades and, and moved some players out, but they still have a couple players up front. They can put the puck in the net, and they just kept on pushing. And what you're going to see tonight and what you're going to see when the New Jersey Devils come to town here, there's a lot of players on these other teams that are out of the playoffs but they're, they're playing for contracts. They're playing for jobs next year. So there is desperation. Even if they're not playoff race type teams, there's desperation in the game. We saw that tonight with a number of the New York Rangers. Oscar Clefbaum left this game in the first period. We should know more on him tomorrow. I don't think Hitch had a, an update after the game and Matt Benning didn't finish the game. He took a headshot early in the first pe- or the third period, pardon me, from Connor Brickley, was off the bench for a while, came back to the bench, and didn't get back into the game. So five, then four defensemen for the Oilers as the night went on. That's, that's tough. It's very tough on the back end for the Oilers. you got a player like Sekra, uh, who's been out most of the year. He's coming back, and you're, you're really taxing what he can do out there. But you got to commend them. They, they came up big and, and played the big minutes they weren't expected to play. Uh, Benning, I would imagine, 
will be back on the practice ice tomorrow and back in the game on Wednesday. He did come back tonight. I saw he came out and got uh, the third star and, and threw the hat into the crowd, so he'll be fine. A uh, little worrisome on Clefbaum, the, the fact that he didn't return to the game. I mean, we were all speculating where he got hit, and it, and it looked quite obvious from where we were, and you hope it was just precautionary and maybe a little tenderness that kept him out and nothing longer than that because the one thing that we have seen this year when Oscar Kleffbaum is in the lineup the Edmonton Oilers are a much better hockey club. Oilers win 3-2 in overtime over the New York Rangers so Edmonton's record now up to 31-31 and 7 on the season. There are a lot of action in this game. I mean golden opportunities, good saves, chances that were just missed, some calls that I think you could debate. I mean, the Oilers got a power play with 2.57 left in the game. And, and I realize, you know, if you, if you stick your stick in a, in a player's skates, it is a penalty, which is what Shea did on the play. But uh, to me, it was as much Reader moving his skate to where the stick already was. I, I thought the Oilers really got a break getting that power well, play. Well, they got a couple breaks. I thought that they the easily could have said no goal on the Cassian going through the crease and then that penalty late in a hockey game you don't want to see referees decide a game especially a game that was as entertaining as this one uh, to me there were, there's great scoring chances I mean the New York Rangers had two or three wide open nets in the third period where they couldn't find the puck to their stick uh, I thought both goaltenders were excellent tonight Koskinen came up big saves and George V it was outstanding for the New York Rangers and what you loved about uh, George V in, in the game how engaged he was there were three times when they were shorthanded that he caught the puck where the Oilers stopped and he moved to the other side of the net and threw the puck out so that the Rangers could clear it smart plays and it, all three times took an extra 15 to 20 seconds off the penalty kill uh, both teams had a number of scoring chances in the third period a number of grade A scoring chances it, it was I to me, a much more entertaining game than I would have expected at the beginning of the night. When you said the Rangers and the Oilers are playing, you think, oh, well, this is probably going to be a 5-1 Oiler win. The Rangers played much better than I expected and turned it into a very entertaining hockey game. Yeah, well, on that final power play for the Oilers, you know, once the players on the ice, can, they don't worry about the call. they got to nope. go out there and score if they're on the power play. Nugent Hopkins hits the, I think it hit the crossbar from where I was looking, and then Alex chase on. Just that George V, as you call him, George, you have his out of the net for a split second. Chase on's all by himself, and that puck's hopping around like a basketball. And by the time he finally whacked, I mean, he didn't really get it, and it just went wide. Well, those are the worst. You, when you're watching the puck bounce and you're waiting for it to settle and you're counting in your head, you know you only got so much time before the, either a defender comes or the goaltender gets into the right spot, and you're just anxious to, to do it. Uh, it I, th I thought Chason had a good game today. I thought his line playing tonight with Kobe Cave uh, created a number of chances. Again, I don't think this was a gem uh, for the Oilers. It wasn't their best, but they got two points. Uh, they get to continue with the little run that they're on right now that's becoming a big run. Importantly, they picked up points in the standings on every team that they were chasing. And... Uh, you, the Blackhawks win tonight as well so now all of a sudden it's just become a little more compact and which is going to make a lot a, a lot of fun going down the stretch here because they are still well well within catching the Minnesota Wild and the one thing that we haven't talked a lot about uh, is the schedules the Minnesota Wild and I've looked this up the Minnesota Wild schedule is horrific 
going down the stretch. If there's a team in the top six in the NHL, especially in the Western Conference, the Minnesota Wild are playing against them. They have the toughest schedule by far, I bet you, in the entire league. They can be caught. Now, whether it's the Oilers that catch them or not, there's other teams, the Avs are involved, the Blackhawks, the Coyotes. But the Minnesota Wild are ripe to be caught just simply because they've lost their captain and they've got a tough schedule coming home. Oilers win 3-2 over the New York Rangers, a three-point night for Dreisaitl. He gets his 42nd of the year to win it in overtime. McDavid gets his 34th way back, 6-08 into the first. Benning also scored his third of the season. That was only a minute 54 after McDavid scored, and that was the one that was originally waved off on the ice. It went to video review. The Oilers actually challenged for the goal to be counted. They were saying it wasn't goal interference. And, and I mean, that was one of those ones. It, it could have gone either way. Do we have uh, Do we have Miko Koskinen down outside the Oilers dressing room? Yes, I'm here. Miko, you're on with Reed Wilkins and Rob Brown. Thanks for joining us live here on Overtime Open Line. Well, Miko, Rob and I were just seeing a, a lot of uh, action in that game, a, a lot of chances both ways. Take us through it from your view in the Oilers net. You know, it's a big win for us. We really need it, and uh, we got what we wanted, so we, we need we can be happy for that. Now, are the players in the dressing room, I know that things are going well right now, are, are the players checking the standings? Are they looking each night to see who's winning, who's losing, about the teams that are they're trying to catch in, in this in this playoff race? Yeah, of course, I think that's part of the part of the deal. After every game, we go, go and see how the other teams play, but in the end, we need to take care of, care of ourselves first and win the games, and I think after that, everything is going to be fine. Miko, you guys had a 2-0 lead in this game, and the Rangers battled back to make it 2-2 early in the third period. Tell us uh, how the team was able to keep it together. You had to kill off a penalty. Uh, what did you see from your team and their resilience in the third period? You know, lately I think we've been showing like a lot of character, and we did it today again. It would be easy to just quit, and but we we're not doing that anymore, and we're gonna fight until the end. And I think it's gonna end up well. Not taking away from any of the players throughout the season that have been on the back end for you guys, how comfortable is it now knowing that you've got the six defensemen that were supposed to be here all season long playing as a group in this little stretch that you've had and the success that you've had having those guys all back and healthy? You know, it's great. Every team wants, wants that their old players are um, healthy and I haven't seen Reggie before he came back, but he's an unbelievable player. He's getting better every every game and He's been helping helping us for a lot. Miko, you were supposed to play on Saturday. You didn't feel great. Uh, take us through the recovery. Was it was it yesterday you felt better, or did you need to wait and see how you felt today before you knew you could go tonight? You know, I didn't felt felt that great on Saturday, and uh, definitely today, this morning skate, I we made the decision that I'm I'm ready to go. Okay. Are we planning on seeing you a lot here in the, the final stretch? I know that you're, these are a lot more games than you're probably used to playing. How do you feel? You feel that this is you're in good enough shape mentally, physically? You're ready for the stretch run here? Yeah, of course. I have played a lot of games in past, past in my career, so this is nothing new for me. Miko, thanks for making time for us here on Overtime Open Line. Congratulations on the win. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you.
That is Oilers goaltender Miko Koskinen, courtesy of GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. So Koskinen gets the victory. He winds up with 28 saves tonight, and he is uh, up to 7-4-2 in his last 13 starts. Uh, And of the last 13 starts, I think 12 have been very, very good. I know there's probably one that uh, he probably would, would change it a little bit, and, and any stretch of any goaltender of the National Hockey League, they're not all going to be perfect, but he's, he's been excellent of late, making the big save when he needs to, uh, cal- being a calming influence in the back end. And, and what we saw in, in preseason, and we are worried about, we haven't seen at all lately, he looks composed, he's not moving around, he's not flailing around. Uh, every time a puck's coming in, he seems to be set. Pucks aren't bouncing off him, they're being absorbed into him. And when he has to uh, make a desperation lunge the having a 6-7 frame allows him to get over there very quickly we saw that a couple times tonight where his sheer size was able to get his body in front of a puck before the before the New York Rangers be able to put it in the back of the net so they are getting the consistent goaltending game in game out that they've needed all season long so the Oilers now 7-2-2 two, and two in their last 11 games, 3-2 over the Rangers in overtime tonight. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton, South Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. The Goal Light lets you print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. The Oilers' uh, power play, now they moved Clefbaum back to the point. Then he gets hurt, so then Nurse was back on the first power play unit. We mentioned the one late in the game where they had a couple opportunities. They scored early in their first power play opportunity. They had another one uh, about five minutes into the third period, and, man, they could not get set up on that one. Yeah, I give a lot of credit to to the Rangers tonight, penalty killing. Um, They were very, very aggressive. Uh, They did not allow the Oilers easy access. A lot of teams, when... The Oilers start to get look like they're about to get into the zone. They back off, and they just get very passive. And to me, that's not how you play a, a, a talented power play. Because when you get passive, that gives McDavid, that gives Drysdale, Nugent Hopkins more time to think about where they want to put the play and more time to make that play. The Rangers were very, very aggressive. And another big part, and, and we talked about it a little bit, was... Uh, George V, every time he got the puck, he was looking to move the puck and get the puck down. So to me tonight, especially the, the power plays late, it wasn't so much what the Oilers weren't doing. I think it was what the New York Rangers were doing, and they were doing an excellent job. All right, let's update the scoreboard here for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. It's a pretty good scoreboard for the Oilers. The Hurricanes shut out the Avalanche 3-0. The Blackhawks who are still in it as well. Mm-hmm. Five points out like the Oilers. They ring up the Coyotes 7-1. The Sharks shut out the Wild 3-0. Games that won't affect the Oilers. Flyers over the Senators 3-2. Islanders blank the Blue Jackets 2-0. And the Lightning win 6-2 in Toronto. So here's how it looks right now for the Western Conference wild card. Minnesota has that playoff spot with 74 points. Arizona with 73 Colorado with 72. So those are the teams that are really right there. And then on the outskirts, like we've said, not not quite in it, but not going away. Chicago and Edmonton, five back with 69 each. When you apply the tiebreaker, Chicago is placed ahead of Edmonton. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say this right now. I believe that the Minnesota Wild will not make the playoffs. I'm not going to say who's going to beat them. I'm not sure if the Oilers have enough games left. 
but I do not believe the Minnesota Wild are going to make the playoffs simply with the schedule they have left and with so many teams right on their tail. Well, I mean, Arizona's uh, had a great wa- great run. Colorado's lost Landeskog, so that'll hurt. And, and I mean, Chicago's Chicago's not, not like Edmonton in the recent history of the two teams, obviously. But I feel like their journeys this season are, are a little similar. Mm-hmm. They were doing okay. They drop off. Now they push their way back in. The, a lot of the offense comes from... Well, I mean, Kane and Kane and Dreisaitl lately have been two of the hottest players in the league. True, but uh, I, I believe that the Blackhawks are deeper up front. You look at a Debrinket who's got 35 or 36 goals on the season. I watched uh, a lot of their game tonight. They've got their players all split up. They got three even lines. Uh, I think right now the the Oilers' goaltending is probably a little bit better than the Chicago Blackhawks' goaltending. Although Crawford has won a Stanley Cup, I the reason I've got some belief in the Chicago Blackhawks as a team in this stretch is they've got players that have been there. they got players that have won championship and been stars in those championship years. All of a sudden, a Kane, a Taves, a Keith, in a season that was supposed to be awful for them, they have a reason to start playing. And they, they've got some belief. So the Chicago Blackhawks, and I also looking at their schedule, they play all the teams they're chasing. They play the Stars three times. They play the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, they play the Colorado Avalanche in a back-to-back. So they have a chance to control their destiny a little bit more than any other team here in this race. All right, the Oilers take it in overtime, 3-2 against the Rangers. Courtesy GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's head coach Ken Hitchcock. Three update. Yeah, um, well, we won't know on Clef till tomorrow. We think he's going to be okay. Uh, playing five, I, th- I thought I thought all five guys played well, and they, there was a lot of rotation, and they got a lot of ice time. I didn't think we missed a beat. When it went down to four, it got a little scary because now you're a penalty away from having a tough time killing a penalty or whatever, but it was a little... Going to four was uh, we're holding, crossing our fingers. Hopefully uh, Ben could get back in, but... That playing five and rotating like uh, like Trent did with him, um, I, I thought, and especially guys like Larson and, and Russell and Nurse, I thought those guys logged great minutes and, and played very, very well. And they came out on both sides too, left and right. I thought they did a great job. The uh, the cave line, I know they didn't get on a score sheet tonight, Ken, but especially in the second period, uh, cave had four shots, a lot of really good chances, chase on. What did you see from that line? Um, well, it's what I've seen from that line. It's what I've seen lately. Uh, there's, they're getting a lot of zone time that changes momentum. We were on our heels in the second period. They changed momentum for us. They brought it back. They had those three shifts in a row where they controlled the game down low, and that's what they did. Um, I just like the way those guys play. I like the way that Cave plays right now. He adds, you know, you get a guy that's giving you the minutes he's given. He's really doing a job killing penalties for us. So in the working areas, he, he builds momentum for us. He's not just kind of running the clock out. He's building momentum for us. And if you look, after their shifts, the next two shifts, we end up burying them in their own zone. And I think he's added a lot to our group, and he's getting better and better. And you just wish for him, he, he gets two or three quality chances a game. You wish one of those would go in so he feels good for himself. But they're giving us a lot of momentum, Jason, a lot. A uh, pretty exciting 48 hours for Zach Cassian. Uh, can you maybe speak to how things have gone for him over the last... Yeah, and, you know, 
he's he's arguably the most popular guy in the room, and he, you know, it's a pretty exciting time for him. And I, I just think you know this is this is the best I've ever seen him play, and uh, he's got great composure with his game going now right now, and it's good to see. I mean, it's he's he's augmented that line in a real positive way. And I think everybody feels really good for him because he's such a sincere guy in that locker room right now. Ken, when you're, I know you've talked about just wanting to stay in the hunt. Uh, I don't know if during the game at the intermissions, if you're looking at the out-of-town scoreboard or not. And if so, you know, everything went well for you tonight with all the teams you're chasing losing. Do you, do you tell the team about that during an intermission or do you wait till after the game? Um, no, we don't tell the team, but are we looking at it? Yes. I mean, we have our iPads and all the scores are rolling across our iPads. We knew exactly where we stood going in the third period. We knew where we stood going in the overtime. And we know now we're five out with a game at hand, which is, that's doable. That's more than doable if we continue at this pace. Um, but we got to continue at this pace. And, you know, it, we're playing... The, the same team as the Rangers we're playing on Wednesday. They play the same press-up game. They, they play the same pressure game. They force you in all kinds of mistakes. It's a high-energy hockey club. It's the same game. I mean, when those two played each other a couple of days ago, it was an absolute track meet, and we just got to be ready for that. But we're five out with, uh, with a game in hand. That's doable if we keep playing at this pace. Uh, dry saddle just continues it's it's not like it's a short hot streak it's it's obviously a guy now that's it's on an elite streak and up to fourth in league scoring huge goal again for your team tonight is is there a certain specific thing that that impresses you the most that you've seen during this 14 game streak well tonight was a little bit of an adjustment for him because he played wing so Sometimes when you play wing, the first time you play it, you feel like you're standing still a lot, which I thought he felt like he was standing still. He wasn't. He was in position. But the thing that has helped his game is patience with the puck. He, it hasn't led to frustration. He's hung on to the puck and made good plays under pressure rather than force the play and then have to skate back 200 feet. It's allowed him to have more offensive zone time, more control of the hockey game. That's what's really changed is that He's, he's a 200-foot player with the puck now. Not with, he's always been, for me, a good 200-foot player without the puck. But because he's able to control the game, he's able to buy time, wait for help, it's allowed him to keep the puck in the zone and it's worn out people. The overtime goal is a perfect example. They held the puck, they held the puck, and then they forced mistakes. It's in the back of the net. Can you talk to Brodziak coming to... Benning's defense there. Kyle doesn't fight very often, but it didn't take much for him to... What was that, sir, Jim? You talked to Kyle Brodziak coming to Benning's defense there after the hit, because Kyle doesn't fight very often. Yeah, I... I like that. I like, you know, I, I think when... when Kyle... when Brodziak's emotionally engaged, he's a good player. And... You know, this is three of the last four games that he's been an engaged player, and that's what we're going to need moving forward. I think he's a lot tougher than people realize. I think he's very good on the wall, and when he's emotionally engaged and he stays with it, he can he can control his part of the game. And I think when he plays with an edge, he plays with an anger. He's a very, very effective player. Ken, how, how confident were you in that uh, coach's challenge that you made that it would turn out in your favor, and um, were you surprised, I guess, by that? Well, we originally... 
The information we got, we waved it off. And we waved it off because we saw the stick, and then we got more information. We tried to buy time with the referees, and we got more information that it wasn't our stick. And then when we saw it wasn't our stick, we made the call. But the first bit of information was we thought it was our stick that hit him in the helmet, but it was his own players. All right, there's Hitch after the game. The Oilers win 3-2 against the New York Rangers. More post-game reaction. Your calls at 780-496-0063 when we get back. Canadian Brewhouse, overtime open line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. With the Oilers off the draw, heavy hit by Kreider, and somehow they missed it on Russell. One-timer in front, a great save. It's best of the night on Heedle by Miko Koskinen. Miko Koskinen save of the game for Jiffy Lube. Get winter ready at jiffyloopservice.ca. You heard Miko on Overtime Open Line live with Rob and me a few minutes ago. He gets the victory. Oilers beat the Rangers 3-2 in overtime. The shots in this game 33-30 in favor of the Oilers. So 28 stops for Koskinen. He was especially busy early in that second period, Rob. He was finally beaten on a shot by Brendan Lemieux and then I mean both goaltenders pretty busy in, in, in the third period probably more chances than, than both teams would have liked in the third both coaches anyway well and not only chances but great A scoring chances both teams uh, got caught looking on certain situations lost coverages uh, not getting back in time and, and, and creating odd man rushes there was there's probably about five or six more chances either way where the puck just didn't bounce the right way or there would have been Oilers in all alone or uh, New York Rangers with backdoor wide open nets so the pucks bounced away from them so both goaltenders had to be very good and w- a lot of times when you play against teams that are out of it and, and we're going to see another team uh, here on Wednesday in the New Jersey Devils and we're going to play against the Kings and the Ducks but teams that are out of it when they have the puck they play very aggressive and they make plays and, but they cheat a little bit because the, the, the they don't have the desperation, the the defensive desperation that they probably need and would have if they were playing in a game that meant more to them. So you see more trading chances with teams like that simply because they're cheating and all of a sudden that turns into an odd man rush the other way and it goes back and forth. It's not the type of games that the coaching staff would love if you're Ken Hitchcock and his group, but it's the type of game that you're going to see when you play against teams that have no chance of making the playoffs. Oilers win 3-2 over the Rangers in overtime. Dreisaitl gets the game winner. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Terry standing by. Terry, thanks a lot for calling. Rob Reed, uh, great show as usual. Thank you so much for taking my call. Rob, I am in total agreement with you. Uh, there's going to be a change in that playoff format. It just makes absolutely no sense to me at all. And I like the idea of free ice cream. And I would add to that <laughs> free beer on Friday. Uh, Bobby Stoffer and I went to university, uh, I hate to say how many years ago, uh, together. There's a bit of a difference in the age. Uh, uh, when, uh, <clears throat> when he was born, I was uh, just graduating high school. <laughs> uh, nevertheless, I agree with him. And I'm pro- he's probably the only guy that's mentioned this before was now, one of the best GMs I've seen with the Oilers was Kevin Lowe. I never had any argument with him whatsoever. 
Now we got uh, Keith Gretzky uh, in, in the chair right now, and I have no trouble with Keith Gretzky. I've met Wayne many times, and I spent some time with actually with his father Walter many many years ago. Very very fine man, and I think Keith would do very good. And as a backup, hey, you know you <laughs> you you can't go wrong with uh, Kevin Kevin Lowe. He's there. Um, well, I always oh, uh, just one last thing. I always thought that maybe the Oilers had some sort of inferiority complex. You know, when they hired Shirelli, uh, I did not like that move, and I did not like uh, the McClellan move either. Two uh, two guys that had no CVs. They were both, uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, losers with their previous organizations. I don't know how in the world that <laughs> okay. ever materialized. Okay, Terry. Uh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, well, Peter Shirelli won a Stanley Cup with... Boston, so I mean, you got to give him some credit for that. I I, I think Todd McClellan is a very very good coach. A very good coach. Uh, Kevin Lowe will not be the general manager. He doesn't want to be. He said on Bob's show the other day he's going to stay as far away from the selection process as possible. Look, this will be more of a story in the off season. I think Keith Keith Christie should be considered. I don't know if he's going to get the job, but I mean, if you're going to look at assistant GMs, you might as well look at your own. And I know some people see the Gretzky name and they, they don't want it because of, I mean, look, he shouldn't get the job because his last name is Gretzky, but he shouldn't be excluded from being a candidate either. That's not fair either. No, I, but I think uh, Bob Nicholson has talked about the fact that he is going to open this up and he's going to look at every angle, every person, go deep into it before he makes a decision. I think that's the proper way. And if at the very end of it, if he decides on Keith Gretzky, he decides on Keith Gretzky. But I don't think... You're going to want to go into it and say, okay, it's, let's see, we're going to go with Keith or Billy Bob over here. Okay, we'll give it to Keith. He's got to look at all options before he makes a decision. He's talked about the fact that he's going to, and I got full faith that Bob Nickerson will get this right. All right, Oilers win 3-2 over the Rangers. Brendan Lemieux, a busy night for him. He had a goal. He had a fight. He had an assist for the Rangers. Here's Lemieux for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, license insolvency trustees. Uh, I've said it before. I think we're more worried about results, but I mean, it's cool. But, I mean, it sucks to lose, especially in, you know, the skills competition or three-on-three. Three, it's, it's brutal. But, you know, we came back. We played a good second and third, and, you know, we got, like I said, we're a resilient group, so I'm pretty happy with the effort all around. I just, you know, you kind of get a bad taste in your mouth. You mentioned uh, you played much better in the second and third. What was the difference? Uh, it's our attention to detail. We were closing quicker. We were more physical. You know, the, the same stuff you hear from us all the time. Um, you know, we were getting pucks deep and whatnot, so we just played a better game in the second and third, had better effort, and, you know, we got rewarded for it. We got a pretty good hockey team in here, and, our record doesn't really show uh, just how good we are, and we'd love to, you know, these few points that we've been missing out on. It sucks, but uh, that's the way the game goes, and hopefully, like I said before, last year or next year, you know, it goes different for us. You never know, you know, whatever, 13 games left, but um, the writing's kind of on the wall, and we just got to create good habits and, you know, stick to it until, you know, we find out um, one way or the other. Seem to have gelled pretty quickly with your new line mates, Haddon and Buchnevich. Uh, how is that coming about? Um, 
they're two east-west guys. I mean, Howdy's a little bit more north-south than Bucci, but, you know, highly skilled. Uh, huge, you know, a lot of hockey IQ between the two of them, and like I said, a ton of skill. Um, it's a good combination. I mean, Howdy's really liable defensively. He likes to be in front of that. He's not scared to go to hard areas. And then Bucci's just high-end skill, um, who can make plays as smart high-end skill, too. He's not, uh, he doesn't make stupid plays with the puck, so um, it, it works well with my game, and um, you know, I think they'd be doing pretty well with anybody else, but I'm fortunate enough to play with those two. All right, Scott Johnson working the Rangers dressing room for us tonight. That was Brendan Lemieux. Can you remind you of anybody? Well, he plays a lot like his father, absolutely. Uh, Claude, he was very good tonight. Uh, he is a guy that you absolutely detest when he's against you, but he's an effective hockey player that changes games. And he can change it with a fight. He can change it with a hit, a good forecheck. And tonight we saw him change it with, you know, a goal and an assist as well. Um, I, I, he was a good addition to, to the New York Rangers. And he's paying dividends. So it, he's a guy that you, you will notice every time you play the New, or the New York Rangers play, you will notice Lemieux. And it'll be something that you'll applaud and it'll be something that you'll swear at. But you will notice him on the ice. Oilers win 3-2 in overtime. They're 7-2-2 in their last 11. We have Billy at 780-496-0063. Hey, Billy, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Can you hear me? Yep. Guys, uh, first off, I want to say that it's hard to complain when we're 7-2-2. But I feel like if we just replace Tobias Reeder with somebody that can finish some chances, I mean, when does Tobias see the dressing room? He's been snake-bitten. I don't know. I just feel like maybe like a Kyler Yamamoto. Do you think something like that could help us? Some more speed, another fresh, you know, face? Well, well that's, yeah, I don't think they're going to bring up someone from the farm, especially a younger, well. a younger yeah. player. I mean, Curry came up, and I mean, we've seen what Hitch thinks about Raddy, who's off in the scratch. So, yeah. I mean, if, between Reader and Raddy, it appears Hitch is going to pick Reader 99.9% of uh, yeah. the time. I, I don't think they're expecting anything offensive out of Reader. I think he's in the yeah. lineup now because Hitch trusts him in his own zone. I simply think that's it. Uh, it is what it is, what you get from him offensively, but I think Hitch likes his speed and likes the fact that he doesn't give up a lot of chances when he's on the ice. Uh, and really, I mean, you'd have to call some up from the minors, but I mean, Yamamoto, those players, they, they had chances up here. And Hitch doesn't feel that they're ready yet this year. So the, the lineup they have right now is probably the lineup you're going to see the remainder of the season just with Raddy going in and out and uh, Malone or Lucic someone like when that. when he's healthy. Lucic yeah. coming back in. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, Reeder had a great chance. I mean, we've talked that sometimes he doesn't get into the scoring area. He was right where you're supposed to be tonight. And he got it off quick. Yeah, the, the problem is there's still going to be hesitation in his game. When you go as long as he's gone without scoring a goal, there's hesitation. You, you, you're thinking way too much. And any player that would have gone through what he's gone would be doing the same thing. It's a tough year, and it, it's tougher because he's come to a new franchise. If, it was, if he'd been here last year and he's having a tough year, at least the guys know, okay, I've seen what Toby's done in the past. But when you're going to a brand-new team, you want to impress them early. And here we are, 13 games left in the season, and you're still stuck on zero. That is tough mentally. All right, Billy, you are going to finish the play. We already have for you an eight-day parking pass at EIA from Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code CHED. We would also like to put your name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe adrenaline-pumping fun. 
FastTrackCardingEdmonton.com. Here we go. Pushing ahead for Drysaddle. Hits the line with speed to Cassian. Backdoor, one-timer. All right, chance for Darnell Nurse in the first period. The Oilers scored twice in the first period. Did Darnell Nurse get one of them? Uh, no, he did not. Pushing ahead for Drysaddle. Hits the line with speed to Cassian. Backdoor, one-timer. And that went off the post and somehow stayed out. Billy's on top of it, Rob. He's on his game. So many chances in this game tonight. It, it was a very, very entertaining game. Now, there were mistakes made by both sides. And in all honesty, either team could have come away with uh, two points in regulation. As, I mean, the Rangers had two wide-open nets in the last five minutes of the game where they couldn't find the puck on their stick. Having said that, that was a very, very entertaining hockey game that turned out a little bit more entertaining for the Edmonton Oilers fans going home. Chris Russell had nine block shots on Saturday, just credited with two today, but there was that one flurry in the third period where he, he just lay down in front of the backhand. I, I don't think Costin would have got back in time on that one. No, I think you're right. I mean, uh, Russell's a warrior. I mean, he, he does whatever it takes to get the job done, and... Uh, tonight, he had to do quite a bit because they were down to four defensemen for the final 19 minutes of this game. Leon Dreisaitl firing home the game winner in overtime for the Oilers as they take the Rangers down 3-2. Back to the Oilers' room. Here's Leon. Uh, yeah, it's obviously... Uh, every point now is uh, is huge for us. And, um, you know, we know the, the position we're in and uh, we're trying to uh, climb back in it and um, yeah, it was a, a, huge, a huge win for us. You get the replay that goes your way, you're, you're down a couple of defensemen, it seems like you know, you're know you kind of either fighting through the breaks or getting the breaks that you, you hadn't had earlier in the season. Yeah, uh, it seems to work out that way. Um, in a hockey season, you know, sometimes you, you get the bounces and then other times you, you, don't, really, um, you don't really get the bounces. So... Um, <coughs> Obviously, um, like I said, it's, uh, this is two huge points for us, and um, it's nice to, to get a few bounces our way. There's Leon with Brendan Escott working the Oilers' room tonight as he wins it in overtime just seconds after Darnell Nurse came wide open and just missed a backhand to win it. Darnell had two breakaways into today's game. One, he got the slide got slashed, slashed, and there was a power play for that one, and then in overtime... Uh, continues to jump up in the play. His speed sets him apart from all the other defenders the Oilers have. Now, three-on-three players come open. The best offensive players were out there. But having said that, were you surprised with either A, who the Islanders had on the ice, or B, how they defended it? Because it looked like they had it covered before Nurse broke open. All of a sudden, all three of them were on one side of the ice. Well, I, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe the Rangers are 1-8 and eight in overtime on the season. I think that's their record. So, obviously... Yeah, they're up to 13 overtime or shootout losses now. So, they obviously haven't figured it out. And I, I don't believe they had the right players on the ice. I think that when you're playing against the Oilers, and I've said it 100 times, I start two defensemen every time. Because it's McDavid and Drysaddle coming out. There's not a forward in the National Hockey League outside of maybe a Patrice Bergeron that can play head-to-head -head against either Leon or Connor. So you've got the Rangers absolutely don't have anyone. So in that case, you throw on two defensemen and you try to survive the first minute and a half or whatever they're on. Then you can try to win the next shift. And Zabitajad, how is he not on the ice? He's their best player. So if you're gonna if you're gonna go two at forwards, you better put your best ones out there. Because you got to have somebody that's going to be able to have the puck and create something offensively. And they, they won the faceoff. Yeah. They got the puck first. Yeah, but they, they had nobody 
that's going to create. I mean, they got a shot from uh, the top of the, the circle, a wrist shot, shot yeah. over the net. But yep. defensively, I mean, I, no, I, I, I do not believe they had the right guys on the ice. And it's easy to say now because they got scored on. But they, they gave up a breakaway. And then they gave up where they had all three forwards were up by the blue line. And Nurse walks in. And then they give up the cross-ice pass to, to, to Dreisaitl where Strom was about seven feet too far back. I mean, you've, you've got to be on him. You've got to be close to him. Because if you're not, you know, McDavid's going to get it there. And Drysdale has shown that he doesn't need much time. All right, the Oilers pull it out 3-2 in overtime against the Rangers. They're five out of a playoff spot. My goodness, we have Scott in Boston waiting on hold when we get back to Studio 99. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Thanks a lot for joining us. Edmonton 3, New York Rangers 2 is the final in overtime. Oilers are up 2-0. Rangers tie it. Dreisaitl wins it in OT. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in. The Oilers close out the four-game homestand Wednesday against the New Jersey Devils. Our coverage starts at 6 with the face-off show. The game will begin at 7.30 and we know that Scott in Boston will be listening or streaming it illegally online or watching on the NHL network or I'll be sending him Morse code updates of the game. What do you think, Scott? Yes. Listen, you're going to have to deal with me. My phone's about to die. So every eight seconds, I get two seconds of dead air. I'm sorry, but here we go. My aunt can hear me. Yes. All right. And yeah, this is going to be a wicked fast call, Reed. And uh, Rob, I got you for one trivia. Here we go. Real quick. All right. This is it. First of all, I was happy to see Edmonton fight. First of all. Second of all, I love Hitchcock calling a timeout. This team should be coached like it's game seven every night. This is it. They can't lose a game. Every game is game seven of the conference finals. That's how he should be coaching that team right now. This is it. Unless you want to get to the crowd again. And uh, did you just hear that? See, I went blind for a sec. Did you hear what I just said or no? Yes, we got you. All right. Yeah, unless you want to to play that game again. Yep, we got the ninth draft pick. Let's get a kid out of uh, Medicine Hat. He's supposed to be good. No, let's make the playoffs. And this team's good enough to do so. I have faith. I said this a month ago to you guys. They're right there. Win tonight. I don't want to hear how the other teams did. I don't care. Tonight, we're playing. Edmonton's playing tonight. Win. Just win the god darn game. All right? You got plenty of real estate left. 14 games, I believe, correct? 13. 13. Trivia 13 time, buddy. Games. Go ahead. Give, me, give right, us trivia. Trivia. Rob, you ready, kid? Can't hardly wait. By the way, you're up 4-3. You were right. Uh, Lemieux had 86, not 85. Do you remember that trivia question? I do, yeah. I do recall, yes. All right. You're up on me. Here we go. Now, I have to say to you, I hope the listeners enjoy this as much as me and Rob do. <laughs> I'm not sure that I know the answer. How <laughs> <laughs> is that a trivia? No. That's not a trivia question. That's just a question. I think I got it, though. There's been four players in uh, CHL, which is Canadian Junior Hockey League. You got the OHL, the uh, Ontario Hockey League, Western Hockey League, and the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Yeah. There's been four players in history that have gotten exemption to play when they were 14 years old. What do you, you have to be 16 to play in that league, I believe, right? Uh, we have to be, have, the, the exemption was to be 15. It's uh, McDavid, uh, well, Tavares. Oh, on. no, but Whoa, it's McDavid, you, Tavares, Day, and... Oh, come missing? on. I don't even know what Tavares was. You're missing out the big ones. I'll, honestly, my phone's dying. I'll tell you who it is, which is so cool. Bobby Orr got an exemption out of uh, Oshawa Generals. Wayne Gretzky got it out of Salt, St. Marie. 
Eric Lindros got it out of Oshawa Generals, and Connor McDavid got it out of Erie. Yeah, yeah. but there's more. There's more than that, though. There's well, more players than that. Because yeah, there's and, this and kid the, named Day, and the rules were different. Like I, I played before the draft. See, I, I played as a 15-year-old in the Western Hockey League. What, what, what is the actual rule to play in, in the uh, in the Canadian Junior? Well, now, now I don't no, know when they put it in, but they put it in like Bobby Orr. It was different then. Well, yeah, it was different for Orr and Gretzky. Because when okay. I pl- I played as a 15-year-old, I didn't have to be exempt. Rob, but you're not, a good old player there. Play with Mario Lemieux. How cool are you? Uh, listen, let me close with this. Reed, thank you for the time. Let me close with this, guys. Alberta, if you're listening, buckle your seatbelt. This, get ready. This team may just make the playoffs. Can you imagine Calgary Edmonton round one? Oh my God! And on a greater picture, how about Boston Edmonton Stanley Cup Finals? Well, you think I'm well. joking? I'm not. If this team gets in the playoffs, they're gonna well, make some guys. Reed, some Reed, thanks, Scott. Reed just said, Scott, that if Boston Edmonton play in the finals, you can come up and stay at Reed's house. <sighs> Okay, Rob. <laughs> By the way, I always reference that site, sportsclubstats.com. It's already been updated. The Oilers' playoff chances higher than they've been in a long time. 5%. That's 1 in 20. I, I, I want to know how they're doing it, though. Because it's what, a, what, it's what, what, a computer, I, know, Rob. I understand, but what's the, Minnesota, what's the Minnesota Wilds' chances? 37.4. Arizona's 38.9. Colorado's which is, 29. Which is funny. Arizona's behind them in the standings and have a better chance of making the playoffs. Yes, because of the game in hand. Yeah. All right. Well, I think the Minnesota... Well, I, I said it already tonight. I don't think Minnesota makes the playoffs. Oilers win 3-2 over the Rangers, who are coached by David Quinn. His remarks for BDO, first call debt solutions, bankruptcies, and consumer proposals, license insolvency trustees. We're playing as poorly we did in the first period, and to come back and play with a lot more pace and a lot more passion certainly is a great sign. You'd certainly like to do that for 60 minutes instead of 40, but give them credit. I thought they came out hard, and they, they were dialed in from the start. And I guess we had to uh, adjust our pace if we were going to have a chance tonight. Was passion the message after once? Or was it that more than strategy? No, it was definitely that. It was definitely the passion and, you know, making sure that we're getting into people instead of getting in the stick battles, you know, and uh, just skating. I, and I think we were really playing at the pace that we need to be playing at or the pace that we've been capable of playing at. So I thought we came out real strong on the second period. Tried to read your body language on the 2 nothing goal. What did you make of the call and what was the explanation? Well, our guy, they, their guy initially hit Georgie in the head with a stick, but our guy followed it with a his version of hitting him in the head with a stick, and that probably had more impact on the goal than anything. So, listen, when they go to review, it's an edu- you know, it's an, at least an educated call, and you live with it. All right, that's the head coach of the New York Rangers, David Quinn. Their record now 28-28-13 and 13 on the season. As uh, Rob mentioned, they haven't done well in overtime and shootouts. The Oilers go to 31-31-7. and seven. Couple more calls after the eleven o'clock news, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You'll also hear from the new dad, Zach Cassian, as the Oilers get a three two overtime win. We're live in Studio ninety nine. You're listening to Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. Oilers hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630. Nurse has it right back. Finds McDavid. Left circle. Loading. Tries it open for the win. He scores! A one-timer top right corner! There's the laser by Leon giving the Oilers the win. 35 seconds into overtime. 3-2 the final verdict against the Rangers. Dreisaitl, three points. He's up to 42 goals. His point streak at 14 games. Big David has a goal and an assist. Benning also scores tonight. Nurse, Cassian, and Chason. 
add helpers as well. Kyle Brodziak, 17 minutes in penalties tonight. <laughs> as Benning got uh, checked to the head. That was, and then the instigator is 2 and 10. That was a weird check to the head because that was one where the, the, the ranger, I can't even remember the kid's name. Uh, that was Brickley. Brickley. He actually turned his whole back and it was almost like a back to the head. Uh, and Brodziak right away got in, involved. His instigator canceled out the power play, but uh, players and coaches love when teammates stand up for teammates. So good on Kyle Brodziak. And not only did he stand up for him, he won the fight too. He threw a couple haymakers that are... Brickley was very lucky that they didn't connect completely or he might not have gotten up. All right, we have Phil on the open line. Phil, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Phil, Hello. are you there? Yeah, go yeah. ahead, Phil. Hey, Reed, Rob. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Okay, uh, three guys I want to talk about tonight. First of all, uh, Hitchcock. Um, you know what? This positive energy that the Oilers are experiencing emanates from Hitchcock. Since he took over from Sergeant Slaughter there, there was one game where he had negative things to say, and that was when the Oilers really flubbed it in L.A., and everybody knew that they deserved it. And even then, it was a very minimal amount of negative. Um, that's a big reason why the attitude and why we are where we are, in my opinion. Uh, number two. Um, Stellars. Stellar Stellars. I watched him play in uh, Philadelphia. I liked what I seen then. I think we got the far better deal uh, on the trade. I mean, all things considered, when you figure in salary cap and Reggie coming up and everything that developed from that deal, I think we got a far better deal. Um, Koskinen now knows that he's number one. He's going to be starting every game or pretty much every game. Along those lines, I have a question as to your opinions. Uh, we've got a back-to-back -back coming up, Arizona and Vegas. So what do you do with our goaltenders here now? Do you start Koskinen in Arizona and then start Stellars in Vegas? Or do you start Koskinen in both of them? What do you guys think on that one before I comment about McDavid? Well, the more important of the two games is the Arizona game. It's a team you're chasing. You're not catching Vegas. Vegas is uh, too far ahead. Uh, so the more important game to win would be the Coyote game. If I'm coaching, I'd, I'd play Koskinen in both games. So would I. I it's that simple. Depending on what happens in well, the I, next two, but I would plan to start him the next two and have him penciled in heavily for Sunday. Well, yeah, I, to me, it, it, I'd, already, I'd already have him written in in pen. Koskinen's playing uh, until the Oilers no longer are in the playoff race. I do not put, I do not put my backup in. Well, with what he showed here against Toronto, I, I, would, I would question it, and I would see the possibility of, of Stellar start, starting against Vegas. Um, just throwing it out there. Well, uh, it's a possibility, I, but to me, I, he's, he's not as good as Koskinen, so I go with my better goalie. Yeah, yeah this makes sense. Uh, McDavid, um, I don't know if it's just me, but um, somehow it seems to me that, and, and I don't know if there's any statistics for this, but somehow it seems to me that it's about this time of the year, maybe a little earlier, when he really lights on fire, okay? And uh, if that were to happen this year, if all of a sudden he starts uh, getting a full two points per game, um, you know what? we got a really good chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, you're right. He's finished very strong. I, I think last year it started even a little earlier than this because he was seven or eight points behind mm -hmm. Kucherov and then wound up winning, winning the scoring title. Well, I mean, he and Dreisaitl are incredibly produ productive. Uh, we'll just, 
and Another feeling that along, I miss the same one. With, uh, with dry saddle breathing down his neck, does that inspire him a bit? Well, I think they're just, they just like playing with each other. Yeah, I, I don't think that if Connor says, oh, you know what, Leon's only nine points behind me, I better start playing better. I, I don't think that happens at all because when Leon is getting points, it's usually helping out Connor get points and vice versa. So I'm sure that uh, Connor would love both of them to have a great finish to the season because a great finish by those two certainly increased the Oilers' chances of making a playoff spot. All right, the Oilers beat the Rangers 3-2 in overtime. Zach Cassian became a father yesterday. Here he is. Let's go. Maybe just describe the week you've had. You've been on a couple streaks here, and you're a new dad also. Would you say dad strength is a thing? <laughs> I don't know about that, but, uh, yeah, it's been uh, definitely exciting last 48 hours. And... Um, People that have kids know uh, what that experience is like, and it's something uh, me and my wife will never forget. And maybe just overall comments on this game. You guys started off really strong and still were able to take it in overtime. Yeah, we, we came out the way we wanted to in the first period. I think uh, they had a little bit of pushback in the second. Uh, they scored the tying goal, and I think we kind of um, stuck with it, and then we created momentum uh, shift after shift, and uh, we ended up, uh, obviously, with those to the dynamic duo and overtime connecting there. That's a huge two points for us. Well, your defenseman had to put in a lot of hours today. You were down a couple guys. I mean, that's, uh, that says a lot yeah. about that. Yeah, that's, yeah, it was a huge, huge win from everyone. Obviously, going down to 5D, those guys did a good job. Um, people don't give that that Rangers team enough credit. They're a good team. They're fast. They compete hard. So uh, it's, a, it's a good two points for us to build off of and, and sets us up for another uh, exciting game here. All right, that is Zach Cassian. Another solid game for him as the Oilers beat the Rangers 3-2 in overtime. Edmonton surviving a goalie interference challenge. And Hitch said... We got more information that thought maybe we should challenge it as we look at our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Obviously, they're looking closer at the replay, but Cassian was clearly communicating to his teammates and to the bench. I didn't do anything. I, I, didn't, I didn't touch him. Now, I know players are always... <laughs> but, but I do think you got to... I mean, you, you, you got to be honest with your coach when it's could cost you a, a, a timeout, you know, early in the game. Well, he, 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 did, he did brush him, and we've seen worse, or actually we've seen less, have turn, <laughs> turned against... Or five seconds before Yeah, rolling. so I, in all honesty, I don't have any idea when they go to instant replay anymore which decisions are going to come out. The worst part of the, uh, of the goaltender interference there was the, his own player, his own player... Stick got, his stick actually got caught up in Cassian, and he didn't try to, but Cassian's momentum took the Rangers' stick, and he just about decapitated his goalie. And it turned out to be a huge, huge play at that point. I mean, that gave the Oilers the, the second goal, and at that point we thought it was going to be clear sailing, but give the New York Rangers credit. They, they got a call to win against them, and then they came back and fought back to get a point in this hockey game. 3-2, the Oilers win it in overtime. Final call of the night will go to Andy. Andy, thanks for giving us a ring. Go ahead. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Andy. Hey, um, the Studio 99, you guys got good sound there. What what, what makes the sound so good? Well, just, just Rob and I have beautiful voices, I think. No, 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 no. It's like, it's like FM sound. Really, really I'll... cool. I, I like it. But anyway, I got a question and a comment. I'll make my comment first. 
My comment is, I believe we're going to catch the teams we're chasing. And my question is, how many uh, how many games does Chicago have left? Same amount as the Edmonton Oilers. They have the exact same amount. Yeah, 13. So Chicago right now is placed ahead of the Oilers because uh, actually the tiebreaker there is head-to-head. Chicago has the advantage in that. Well, Rob, they pulled it out. Another big one against the Devils. Oh, and uh, the Coyotes play again tomorrow. So we got to keep an eye on that one. They do. Well, I, I know that everyone in Edmonton now is becoming a, a fan of stats on the Internet as they're trying to find where teams ahead of the Oilers are playing, what the scores are. They know about the injuries. They're following it very, very closely, and they should because the Edmonton Oilers are creeping themselves back into a playoff race, and every time they win, they just get a little bit closer. Five out now, closest they've been in a while. They'll try to keep it going against the Devils on Wednesday. We'll have it for you on 6.30. Chad, face-off show at 6. The play-by-play will start at 7.30. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 6.30. Chad, Oilers Hockey is presented by Osmond Auction. You've been listening to the City Ford Face-Off Show. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. 3-2 Oilers. Leon wins it in OT. 